everybody. Welcome back to episode 25 of the East West Grind podcast. Boom. 2-5. How's everybody doing today, huh? We're surviving and hanging in here over at uh, Brokeback Mountain. My ankle, remember? Got my scooter in hand. Shout out to the Fan 5, my people. I fucking love you guys. Alright, what do we got in the hopper of shit talk today, my friends? Oh, and welcome to our newest listeners in Hong Kong. Hey, Lao. Neho. I hope I got that right. Thank you for being here, my friends. We fucking love you guys, too. Oh, and uh, we got some of the nastiest fucking hater mail. Why are you playing rap music, old lady? Who the fuck you calling old, man? Fuck you, bitch. Ash, help me line this up real quick. I'm feeling you, girl, want to get close to you, no doubt. My sister swagger should tell it more than anything can vouch. So, mama, you what was happening, get her fine, I make you proud. So, suddenly she said, I love it, let's at least wear something out. Miss Thang, million dollar game, coke bottle frame, make my wall of fame. Let me know your name, I control the rain. I can make you better, matter of fact, I'll make you wetter. Stormy weather with this cheddar, all because you hot as ever. If you're made, lady, let me play, baby, make my way, baby. You like it, send it back, it's okay. Baby, use a keeper, such a diva. Give me a fever. If I can freak you, give me the word, I mean no harm. Boom! And do do me a big favor, guys. Don't send me those stupid emails. I ain't trying to be a rapper. In my head, I'm driving down the road. Most people sing when they drive down the road. So don't be dumb. Don't send me that shit. All right, guys, what do we got in the hopper today? What else we got? We got some gossip. We got some politicians. We got some emails. And that big, big interview with entrepreneur and female badass. Julia, she is in the house. Well, not my house, but, you know, the Zoom. And as always, we got that asshole of the week for you guys. You guys love that shit. All right, guys, let's get her done. Shout out to Chef Hannah. Love. All right, guys, let's fucking do this. All right, let's get into some gossip. In bullshit news, Justin Bieber is catching hell for having dreadlocks because it's offensive to some communities. And liberals, this is is your problem. This is your problem. This is a problem. This is why conservatives and Republicans don't even want to listen to people on the left for anything. This is the dumbest shit. For years, conservatives gave dirty looks at liberals for having like purple hair or blue hair. And we, you know, as liberals, we were like, what's the big deal? Let them express themselves or have whatever hair color they want. Get that stick out of your ass, conservatives. That's what we'd say. Get that stick out of your ass. And look at us now. Justin Bieber has dreads and everyone's having kittens. Why? Why, liberals? I've seen African-American women and men with dyed hair, you know, blonde. And personally, I think it looks fantastic. But should we now make an issue out of that? No. Pick your fucking battles, man. We got homelessness issues. At an all-time high, drug and alcohol abuse at an all-time high, hate crimes are on the rise in all communities, and so much bigger fish to fry. And you guys are worried about the little kid from the internet, his hairstyle? Get the fuck out of here, man. Oh, my neck! How's it feel now? All right, that's good. Get out of here! Get out of here! Get out of here! Come on! 
and in more bullshit. Sorry if I'm still laughing a bit. I used to watch the Three Stooges all the time when I was a kid. I still do if I'm up late at night and they're on. So I'm sure a lot of people do, but uh, that's why they're still on. But anyways, here's a bit of an article from November 6th, 2019. 2019. And I'll put it in the show notes for you, but here's a bit of it. I'm going I'm to read it out to you. The Trump campaign has held at least 15 online contests in which the winner was promised a meal with Trump. Many of them also promised travel accommodations and all supporters had to do to enter this contest, which was heavily promoted on social media. But all they had to do was donate to the campaign. Quote, this is still the article, quote, I just saw the most recent list of patriots, this is Trump talking, who have contributed to win a trip to meet me in Chicago on October 28th. And I noticed you still, still is in caps, you still haven't entered, which means donate. That's the email that was sent out to his supporters. So this is 2019. And it was a scam to get money because nobody ever surfaced in those contest winners, right? Google winner of that contest from 2019, golfing with Trump. You're not going to be able to find a winner. Nobody will come up. Nobody. Because nobody won. Because there was no contest. Because nobody was ever going to win. Now, listen to this. This was last week. Once This is great. Once Last week. Hold on. So I'm doing a golf tournament with President Trump this Sunday, May the 2nd, and my campaign is going to auction a slot off to play in this tournament. You have lunch, you have breakfast with President Trump, you get a photo, you play at his golf course in Florida. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go online, lindsaydram.com, make a donation, whatever you can afford, put your name in the hat. We're going to pick a winner soon, and you get an all-expense-paid trip to Florida to play golf with President Trump and Lindsey Graham, and we're going to have a hell of a time, uh, enjoy President Trump's company, but the money's going to be used to take back the House and take back the Senate. So- Can you fucking believe this shit? The Republicans take the blue-collar Americans for the biggest fucking suckers in American history. Trump's scam of these win a day of breakfast and, you know, golf with me, is being regurgitated and repackaged by Lindsey motherfucking Graham himself. They must be so hard up for money. Nobody is throwing money into the super PACs. The GOP is just going straight up. Jim Baker, doomsday bullshit, and this, you know, buy these buckets of food for when, you know, the Armageddon, for when that hits. The collapse is coming. Doomsday clock for global market crash strikes one minute to midnight. You hear that, John? Bible says you're going to throw gold and silver in the streets. Tomorrow, could we could look back and say yesterday was the last day to order and get prepared. This offer comes with 22 buckets plus a bonus of six additional buckets for a total of 28 buckets. I want to show you something. All this food is for a gift of $2,500. Eight years of bulk food. This is the. This is what you should be doing. Wow, John, you come up. Uh, you, you're the right preacher. You told me to do this. Listen, my MAGA evangelical friends, the Republican Party is conning you from the very top of the party all the way down to the scumbag that are the television evangelists. The local churches are what's up. The small ones. But I cannot believe. Blue collar votes this way. It is a con, all of it. And Trump just revealed it all over the past five years. Let me ask you guys a question. If you've been paying attention to politics before President Trump, you know Lindsey Graham is a lifetime Republican politician. Agreed? Now ask yourself has or would a Lindsey Graham of the John McCain era of Republicans ever? Prance his ass onto national television and sell a fake-ass golf game to a struggling blue-collar American just coming out of COVID and trying to get back on their feet, would a Lindsey Graham of John McCain era do that? No, he would not. A Lindsey Graham of six years ago would not. 
in leaky hair dye news, sorry, these guys get no respect for me, but hopped up crazy Rudy Giuliani got his ass, his apartment, and office all raided by the FBI. <laughs> Listen, who, who did not see this coming? Rudy Giuliani has sold his soul to the devil by getting in bed with Trump. Everything he touches turns to shit. That's history. You can't erase that. 70s, 80s, National Enquirer. But they all thought they could get one over on the FBI. That's how fucking high they all are. Listen to this clip real quick. All right. Chuck Woolery. Six o'clock in the morning, there was a big bang, bang, bang on the door. And outside were seven, seven FBI agents with a warrant uh, for uh, electronics. And I looked at the warrant and I said, uh, you know, this is extraordinary because I've offered to give these to the government and talk it over with the government for two years. I don't know why they have to do this. The agents seemed somewhat apologetic, I might say. They were very, very professional and very gentlemanly. The only time they got perturbed is at the end of the surge, when they had taken about, I'd say, seven or eight electronic items of mine, which is what they took, and, and two of someone else's. I, uh, th they weren't taking the three hard drives, which, of course, are electronic devices. They just mimic the, the computer. I said, well, don't you want these? And they said, what are they? I said, those are Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they said, no, 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 no. I said, are you sure you don't want them? I mean, the, the warrant required them to take it. And they said, no, no. Yeah, right. The FBI went into your apartment at fucking 6 a.m. after two years looking for Hunter Biden's hard drive. That's what they were looking for, right? That's what you're, you want people to think. And you said, hey, uh, here's Hunter Biden's shit. And they say, no, 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 we don't want that. Yeah, right. We're all stupid enough to believe that, right? That's how fucking loaded you are, Mayor. No respect. But let's keep going. And I, one last time I said, don't you think you should take it to comp And they said, no. Now, uh, Hunter Biden's hard drives fall within the scope of the subpoena. The subpoena required them to take all electronics. But they decided to leave that behind. And they also were completely content to rely on my word that these were Hunter Biden's hard drives. I mean, they could have been Donald Trump's. They could have been Vladimir Putin's. They could have been anybody's. But they relied on me, the man who had to be raided in the morning, uh, because I, well, I'm going to destroy the evidence. I've known about this for two years, uh, Tucker. I could have destroyed the evidence. years a year. I didn't destroy the evidence because the evidence is exculpatory. It proves that the president and I and all of us are innocent. They're the ones who are committing. It's like, it's like projection. They're committing the crimes. Yep, that, uh, yeah, you're missing uh, you know, equal administration of justice, which is what we don't have anymore. The reality is the hard drive contains somewhere between a dozen or more violations of Farrah that are spelled out uh, completely, failure to register. Uh, the, the fact is it also spells out, as we now know, a clear violation of the gun act. The, 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 the application is a straight out fraud. He says, I'm not an addict. We have a picture of him five days before smoking a crack pipe behind the wheel of a car and then saying under oath that he's not an addict. And it's the left that gets all perturbed about people who are mentally unstable having guns. Well, he was unstable. Okay. Mayor Giuliani wants you and me to believe that the FBI didn't know what they were you know, doing there at 6 a.m. when they went to his apartment and that he had some damning evidence against Hunter Biden for two years, two fucking years, locked and loaded in his apartment and the FBI, the courts and everybody else didn't want to look for it or go after Hunter Biden. That's what they want you to believe. These motherfuckers are trying to sell the American people the biggest can of snake oil ever. And if you are buying it, you got to ask yourself, how this all makes sense to you. Because as someone with street smarts, with which uh, most blue-collar everyday Joe has, street smarts, this shit don't make sense. Ms. Vito, please answer the question. Does the defense's case hold water? No. The defense is wrong. And before we wrap up with Mayor Hydrocodone, 
Check this clip out real quick. Video and audio from one of Giuliani's indicted associates, ABC's David Wright at the White House. This weekend, the president's lawyer went on Fox News to say he's not worried his client might expect him to take the fall for Ukraine. I've seen things written like he's going to throw me under the bus. Right. When they say that, I say he isn't, but I have insurance. It's not the first time Rudy Giuliani has said so. He also told The Guardian he has insurance in case Trump turns on him. But Giuliani now says in a tweet he's being sarcastic. Rudy's going to flip. I guarantee it. Ten bucks. Rudy's going to fucking flip. All right, let's move over to politicians in the political hopper. We got my main squeeze in our vice president, Kamala Harris, a BRB. So too many people, either in this period of time, it has been highlighted, don't have Internet access or cannot afford a broadband bill. And let's be clear, when we connect Americans to affordable and accessible broadband, We are connecting our children to education. We are connecting our seniors to telemedicine. We are connecting families to each other. And we connect Americans to economic opportunity. And at the same time, we build up our broadband infrastructure such that we create good jobs. All right, so these guys... The new president and uh, the vice president, these guys want to bring broadband and Internet to the rest of the country, mostly the south and rural areas. Some parts of the country are still on dial up. That shit is old news here in the Bay Area, my friends. Sitting here in the hub of Silicon Valley. We are the test rats for all their innovative high-speed shit. But by getting those towers all set up across America for the rest of, you know, of Americans to get access to information, and that way, you know, our neighbors all over America can catch up to the rest of the advanced world and our advanced country. And as I said, there are parts of America that are 15 years behind our developing country and the developed world developing world. That's bullshit. Kamala and Joe, Joe and Kamala are writing that wrong too. And make no mistake, my friends, this is what the Republican Party who hold office fear the most. Educated Americans is what the Republican Party is afraid of. Because when you know better, you do better. And if all working class Americans had all the information out there on what the Republican Party has done to their fellow American just over the past five years, if blue-collar America realized, not another motherfucker in the Republican Party would win a seat, down to the goddamn mayor's seat. That is how fucked up this party has been to the working class. So fuck yes, put broadband in every corner of this great nation of ours. Next, we got Cancun Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz in Texas. Let's give him uh, a listen real quick, all right? We ought to support the little guy. We ought to support the small business owner. We ought to support the working men and women. Our party is a blue-collar party. Our party are the truck drivers and steel workers and waiters and waitresses and cops and firefighters, the men and women with calluses on their hands. That's who we're fighting for. That's who we should be fighting for. Uh Uh-huh. The Republicans are the party of the blue-collar worker. The truckers, this motherfucker says. Name one Republican member of Congress or the Senate. That's a blue-collar worker, a trucker, a bartender. AOC is a bartender. Retail person, Katie Porter. All the GOP are trust fund babies. Matt Gates in them. 
while all you motherfuckers are country club members, blue, all you white collar trust fund babies, by the way, but blue collar workers go to the city sport gym or planet fitness to get away, get their workout on. My MAGA listeners and friends, especially in Texas, don't let little Teddy pull anything over your eyes. He's a Princeton piece of shit con man. And I don't have bad things to say about all college educated people. I respect you. You respect me. This one though, Teddy has no idea of the struggles of the everyday truck driver. The fuck out of here, Ted Cruz. Here we go. I got a piece of shit car That fucking pile of shit Never gets me very fine My car's a big piece of shit Crazy Q congresswoman from Colorado, Lauren, my husband, whipped out his dick to some teenagers at a bowling alley, Bobert, Colorado, is on Twitter saying that Biden's speech the other night brought in 11 million views. So it's impossible Joe Biden got 81 million votes. See what I mean, America? She's either that dumb or she thinks you're that dumb. That makes no fucking sense, man. The Republican Party of today is all about followers and views and being in front of the camera. This is the political ring Trump and his reality TV shit have brought to our country. Americans want our politics to be boring and not be some top-rated TV show. It's real-life shit, and it brings chaos and anxiety to people. That's precisely why Trump lost his second bids. Americans gave him a chance. He fucked up. Americans want stability in their political leaders. Joe Biden brings that. Life can get back to normal now, and it is. It's getting there. But fuck around and find out, Democrats. Like I said in past episode, several of my past episodes, by the way, but Don Jr. is on deck. If the Democrats don't keep their word and have the backs of blue collar America. And so far, Joe is a man of his word. I learned, I learned a lot. And I learned that, uh, I learned a lot. Anyway, uh, Bo, uh, Bo is associated here. Anyway, the point I want to make is, uh, I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned. Black, white, all colors, all backgrounds, what I mean, come on, man. Men, women, gay, straight, everyone deserves a shot, you know, come on, man. You know the thing, you know what I mean? You know the thing, you know what I mean? Come on, man. What I have to do is I have to continue talking about the things. All right, emails, let's jump into an email real quick. David, 0225485417, I don't know, fuck. Uh, on Twitter, sends me a DM. Hey, bitch, you worthless Democrats are comparing the January 6th protest to civil war. That is not true. Have you forgotten about 9-11? That's the tweet. Um, hey, David. No, bitch, I haven't forgotten about 9-11. I remember waking up that morning and putting on KTVU 2 here in the Bay Area to see what was going on. So, no, I haven't forgot about it. But that attack, 9-11 was not an attack by American citizens on its own government. That attack on America was ordered by our enemies in Osama bin Laden and funded by Saudi Arabia to kill as many of our fellow Americans as they possibly could. The insurrection on January 6th is a shit stain of embarrassment in our country's history led by the cover boy of the National Enquirer from the 70s and 80s in Donald Trump. Look it up. One is a homegrown attack on our government. The other is an attack on our citizens by foreign actors. Okay? So listen, David. Do us a favor here at the East-West Grind Podcast. Hmm? Don't fucking come back here and get the fuck off my Twitter page. Okay? Okay? Fuck you! All right, guys, let's get into that interview with Julia Shee. 
the founder and CEO of Body and Soul Botanic, Botanical, Hemp, Botanica, something like that. Hemp, not cannabis. She'll explain it. All right, guys, let's roll into it. All right, guys, we're back. As I've been promising you, I've got that interview with Julia She. She is the founder of Body and Soul Botanica. Uh, she uh, was a keynote speaker at that. You guys remember I talked about her back a few episodes back uh, at that uh, Stop Asian Hate rally. She has been featured in Forbes as one of the like top entrepreneurs, and I am so, so happy to have her here. So let's welcome uh, Julia to the show. Welcome, Julia. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks so much, Christine. Awesome. And and listen, guys, I've been, as you guys know, I broke my ankle here, and uh, Julia has sent me some of her products. So that's what I want to talk about today as Julia being an entrepreneur and in the cannabis space uh, with her own product. I'd love to love, love for you to tell everybody around the world just about your product, how you got started, what you're about and what it's, you know, what, what's your end game here. So let's talk a little bit about your product. And like I said, I have been using this product. Let me just go on a quick side note before Julia gets going, but uh, it's been about a month since I broke my ankle. I had my surgery and uh, I went for my checkup just this past Thursday the surgeon said, I'm actually healing. He had a 26-year-old that had the same surgery around the same time as me. And I am healing faster than she is. 26. I'm 51. So I'm sure it has a lot to do with my diet and following the rules. But I'm also a huge, huge fan of Julia's product here. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about. And I want Julia to tell us all about it. Julia, let's go. Tell us about your body and soul botanica, what your product is, where you're at, and how people can get in touch with you. Right. You got it. Um, So the product's called Miracle Sports Cream. Um, And basically, it was something, you know, I actually created for myself. So I'd been an athlete throughout my whole life. And then uh, just, you know, probably growing up, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to be, you know, go to be a college athlete um, and maybe potentially go to the Olympics. Hmm. And then, um, you know, life sometimes doesn't work out that way. So I tore my ACL when I was 12. um, And then I had uh, like a major uh, um, knee injury every other year after that, that required surgery. So by the time I was 19, I'd had five knee surgeries. You know, I was not going to go anywhere athletically just because, you know, I, my body just couldn't handle, um, you know, the, the training and competition. And so, you know, it was hard for me. And I remember, so, you know, after five knee surgeries, you know, just having to recover from each and, and learn how to walk, it was really hard on my body and to come back, um, you know, like I would say in my twenties, I remember at 24, you know, I was having like, um, so I had knee problems and then that, you know, once you have problems in different parts of your body, it kind of creates other problems in other parts of your body. So I was getting back spasms, you know, sometimes to the point where, um, I just would lose all use of my legs and, you know, I couldn't go to work. I, I could barely get out of bed. And I remember I was 24 and doctors wanted to fuse my vertebrae. Mm. And this is like a surgery that, um, you know, really old people have. Sure. And then when I asked them, like, is, is this going to help me have a better quality of life? And they said, well, it's just kind of to address a problem so that it doesn't get worse or something. But it wasn't, you know, they're like, well, you're probably not going to be, you're going to be less active and less mobile. And I was thinking, then why am I having another surgery? Right. And I just kind of got tired of the doctors just pushing surgeries and pills. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I got into, you know, more holistic, you know, like I, well, I tried everything, you know, I, I went to chiropractors, um, acupuncturists, you know, I tried, you know, herbalists, all, you know, Reiki, everything. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was my, uh, my stoner coworker mm-hmm. at the time. And he was like, you gotta smoke some weed. And I was thinking, you know, like, you know, I've, I've always been a good girl growing up, you know, I, you know, tried it in college. I, li- I liked it, but it wasn't, you know, something that, you know, once I became a, you know, quote unquote adult, something I really thought, 
or incorporate into my lifestyle. Um, but I never thought about using it to actually heal my body. Mm-hmm. And what I found was like, once I smoked it, um, it kind of gave me a bandwidth to be able to, um, or bandwidth away from pain mm-hmm. to be able, be able to do like stretching, um, or yoga to be able yes. to strengthen my body and balance my body. And then one of the side effects was it just really opened my mind to, you know, thinking about my body and my connection to it and about like how to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I wouldn't say like I'm in the cannabis space, mm-hmm. but I would say that definitely led me to, into exploring, well, you know, like, you know, what other, you know, cause like I, I did the pills, I did the surgery. Right. Um, but I want to know, like, just from, um, you know, natural standpoint, like what are ways that I could, you know, help my body have a better quality of life. I started to research um, different plants and herbs and their properties. And I was just kind of, you know, messing around in the kitchen, I would say. Sure. And then I just, you know, it's probably like hundreds of different iterations. You know, I just tried different things and just somehow uh, fell on a formula that made me feel a lot better. My knees feel a lot better. Um, so this is it, your own invented formula. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and it was just, it was kind of a, you know, just, <laughs> it was a, it was a project, not a project, but it was something that I was just kind of, you know, messing around to, to try to help myself. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was, um, so after I had, uh, had my son, you know, you gain all the weight and I was, um, yeah. in my late thirties, it's really hard to come back. Mm-hmm. And then, so this was something I was just thought, okay, put on my knee, it helped with the pain. Um, and then I could go, you know, about my day and work out, but it didn't just help me feel better. But it got my body to the point where um, previously, like, let's say in my 20s, if I played any basketball, I would need like two or three days to um, to like, you know, just not be like um, excruciating, excruciatingly in pain mm. um, or to even get back in the gym. And then suddenly I found myself, I was like playing basketball the next day, you know, I was sore, but I put it on again. I'm like, I feel pretty good. I'll go play basketball for a couple hours. And the next day I would be sore. I think, okay, I put it on before I go to the gym. I'm like, I feel pretty good. I go play basketball again. And I was playing two to three hours of basketball, you know, five, six days a week. Nice. Um, And then the the resulting, you know, effect was I got in really good shape. And it was just like somehow like this cream, it didn't just help me feel better, but it almost like... (laughs) got me in better shape than when I was in my, my twenties. And this is after having five knee surgeries. Yeah. Awesome. You know, like I'm, I'm bone on bone. I've been bone on bone for years um, mm-hmm. in my left knee. Cause they took out the cartilage when I was, uh, when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And so completely exceeded my expectations, but it was one of those things where like, I kind of didn't believe it. And I thought, okay, well maybe, <laughs> maybe it's the working out I, or maybe it's just, I, I, I actually, I couldn't explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then people would, you know, when people got hurt at the gym, you know, I would just give them my jar and then just say, Hey, put this on your, you know, if they sprain their ankle, just put it on your ankle. And then what happened was like, people started just healing really fast. So, you know, people who would say, you know, usually it takes them two weeks or so to, to get back from a sprained ankle. Mm-hmm. They were back on the court in two, three days. Mm-hmm. And it's just word of mouth kind of spread. And at the time I was um, working in tech, you know, ah. so this was just, just something I, I did for myself. And then, you know, <clears throat> every batch I'd have, you know, a bunch of jars and I started giving it away. And then people started saying like, no, you know, I don't think it's right. Cause I want to give it to my mother-in-law, but you know, I don't feel it's right. You're giving it to me for someone I don't know. So can I give you money for it? Right. And that's kind of how it took off where I just kind of made this thing that was for me. It, it just exceeded my expectations. And then um, it got in the community and word of mouth spread. And then pretty soon people were like, can you please just sell it? You know? Yeah. And at the time, like, you know, I'd, I'd had my son, I was working in the tech industry. I was working 60, 80 hours, weeks, mm-hmm. 60, 80 hour weeks. Um, it was a lot of stress. And I realized, you know, I wasn't happy. My son would go to school and then he'd, you know, go to, um, he had a nanny until about eight o'clock at night. And I was coming home at like eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking like, I'm going to lose his entire childhood. Right. And then, so I just took the leap and I said, you know what I, I you know, and especially with people, um, let, you know, I would get feedback from people saying, you know, like, you know, like how they, they felt like it gave them 10 years back on their, their legs. 
or someone saying like their elderly mother like um, hadn't been able to walk up the stairs like unassisted for years and now she could walk on her own and they were so thankful. And I thought, you know what, like it meant so much to me to be able to help people because I remembered those times in my 20s when, you know, I was in so much pain, you know, and I'd always been an active person and I, I couldn't really, I, I could barely walk some days. And I wondered, like, you know, I was in so much pain, like life just didn't feel like it was worth living. You know, it colored how I, it colored my entire outlook, you know, how I saw myself in the world, um, how I felt about the world around me. It was just very dark. And then to know that I can make a product to at least help people deal with physical pain, you know, and my hope was that that could give them enough, you know, space in their life to, to have better outlooks and, you know, like feel better about themselves in life, you know, so I quit my job and I just decided to, to, um, start a company, um, start up a lab and then just start putting the product out there. Right on. That is awesome. You just went all in, gave up on the tech industry and just kind of threw it all into this. What is your, what is the key component of your um, product? So um, it's, it's hundred percent plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, there's 11 um, herbal extracts and botanicals. Mm-hmm. So there are uh, different essential oils and then herbs that um, have been extracted um, to be able to um, have that effect. Mm-hmm. So the theory is that to heal, you like, let's say, you know, if you have a sprain or, you know, like, like an injury, like uh, let's say you get, get Charlie horse in the thigh, mm. what you need is to uh, reduce the inflammation right away. So you hear, you know, people say, if you get an injury, you have to ice. Yeah. So that's to, to, to reduce the inflammation, but you also need to have uh, the fresh blood circulation in that area to heal. And so it's kind of like um, a yin and yang um, theory of healing where you've got to kind of push out you know, the, the response, mm-hmm. you know, with the, of the inflammation and also bring in the, uh, um, bring in the healing, which is the blood. So you have to have warming herbs to bring it in. You also have to have cooling herbs to be able to reduce the inflammation. And so what I did was I didn't, you know, and it was almost like I was researching herbs and plants from an Eastern, you know, philosophy standpoint or uh, medicine standpoint, and then also Western, and then kind of figuring out what combination of these plants and in, in what quantities would work. And to be honest, I think, you know, I just, I don't know why, you know, cause I tried so many different things, but then suddenly like just this combination of these 11 herbs in the proportions in which they are in this cream work amazingly. Mm-hmm. And then what I love about it, like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a cream, it's designed to melt upon skin contact, but then, um, you know, so it's great for massages, mm. but once you rub it in, it actually dries because there's a wax, a natural wax in there that seals it in so that the oils penetrate. So it actually feels really good. It's like a very luxurious, you know, texture. I, I'm telling you, I, when I use it, I, I feel like my whole body, cause I put it on my legs, my ankle, both my leg, my shoulders. And I feel like I'm just mentholated, just like, I just feel good. I feel fresh, you know, and I feel like the pain is gone. It is really amazing and i mean i'm just blown away by it and what i love about it it's you know like women love it because it smells really good and then Mm -hmm. it feels good but then men love it because it smells really good and feels really good Mm -hmm. so it's like nobody wants to smell like ben gay right where no woman wants to smell like ben gay (laughs) and no man wants to smell like lavender that's right and i think what i like about it is like it's just somehow you know it's just it's this i always think even when i make it it's like this living breathing thing it's it's so beautiful when it gets mixed together like the color mm-hmm. you know when i'm pouring it um it's just sometimes i just you know and people someone someone once told me like cuz uh, if you leave it in a hot car it'll melt you know so you you know don't leave it in a hot car cuz it's it's all natural but if you put it at room temperature it'll reform right. but she said yeah i left it in the car i had half a jar i left it in the car it melted so i took it home and i when i opened the jar it was full again and i was just like are you crazy it like, expanded oh, no she she couldn't explain it I, I think probably what happened maybe it was upside down or or oh, okay. melted at the top but the way she was telling me, she was like, this stuff is magical. <laughs> you know? right. What part like, of the, um, what part of the CBD or, or the cannabis plant do you use if you do? 
Okay. So, cause I don't want to label it wrong. If you're not in the, the cannabis no, space, so, I don't want to put it, you know, I don't want to put that out there. What is, what is the component that is related to the cannabis plant? Okay. So, you know, just, just to, especially, I, I know there's some confusion out there. Yeah. Um, so uh, cannabis, you know, marijuana, it's, it's the same plant as hemp. Mm-hmm. The only difference yes. is uh, the psychoactive ingredient THC. Yes. So, you know, most people know, you know, about, about, you know, getting high or stoned off of uh, marijuana. Yeah. But what they do with hemp is they actually breed the uh, THC down. And so to be legally classified as hemp, it has to, the THC has to be below 0.3%. Gotcha. And you are classified as hemp? Hemp. hemp gotcha. Yeah. And on top of that, because um, a lot of um, a lot of the uh, clientele I work with are professional athletes, Olympic athletes or college athletes, mm-hmm. um, they can't have anything to do with um, THC. Um, that makes sense. One, one thing to know, though. So when you use THC or if you use, um, let's say, a cannabis cream topically, um, it doesn't absorb into the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to show up on a drug test. Okay. Um, and so, you know, like. So even if, if, let's say my uh, cream had cannabis in it, um, they wouldn't, you know, get, it's just like, if you put rubbing alcohol on your skin, you're not going to get drunk. It's the same concept. But because, you know, like a lot of these athletes, you know, they, you know, they can lose, you know, like college athletes, they can lose their, their spot on the team, their scholarships, you know, if if they're caught with a THC product. Mm -hmm. Um, I make sure that I made sure that when I came out with the company, um, I wanted to make sure to use hemp-based CBD and also um, the CBD oil that I source from is the, the raw oil. So people should never like if you see like, you know, a thousand milligrams of CBD for 15 bucks, like yeah. it's probably isolate. Yeah, um, it's, it's which can be synthesized. You always want to use a product, a CBD product that that is actually um, extracted from the oil. It's a, like a CO2 extracted oil. Mm-hmm. Would you say that these um, like CBD that you see in like uh, like a magazine or on TV, like that's a that's a cautionary product, you know, like uh, I, for yeah. me, I would be like, that's not legit, because from what I know about, you know, CBD and cannabis and and just see cannabidiol CBD itself, like legitimate stuff is going to be bought in a dispensary if in terms can- of CBD. Well, so here's the thing. So, for example, um, I've had dispensaries that are interested in carrying my product. Yeah. Um, but based off of California state law, it's a seed to sale law. Mm-hmm. And so for me to have my cream uh, in a dispensary, I would have to source from cannabis um, gotcha. instead of instead of hemp. So let's say even if I sourced, you know, seed to sale, this is a cannabis plant, but it's been bred to have like really low THC, high CBD you know, I, it would have to be cannabis, but gotcha. because like I said, uh, because a lot of my clientele, they're professional athletes or they're college athletes, Olympic athletes, they can't have anything to do with THC. So when I, and also I, you know, my product, I wouldn't classify as a CBD product. Like this Got cream it. has 11, uh, herbs and, and, and extracts that work as an entourage. So they all work in conjunction. Like I've done experiments. I took some down uh, levels of some of, some of the um, herbs down. I've taken some out and it just doesn't work. It's it's these little changes. Um, So it's all these herbs working together in synergy, but also because, you know, a lot of these athletes can't have anything to do with THC. And I'll be honest with you. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, especially old school people, they hear, they hear marijuana, they think dope, yep, you know, yep. like I can't touch that. I'm not going to touch that. I want to get high. Yeah. And I can tell them, look, don't worry. It's, it's, you know, like rubbing alcohol. It's not going to get you drunk. So CBD isn't going to get you high. Mm-hmm. Um, they have trouble getting over that stigma and yeah. especially cultures that um, equate cannabis with uh, uh, criminality. Right. You know, this is a drug. This is illegal. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. It's really sad, too, because here's something in that 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 can really help your body. It helps. I would say my cream supports your body's natural capability to heal. Right. By putting the cream on, it's kind of stimulating, you know, it's helping with the pain, but also stimulating that blood flow where your body is actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times that stigma is preventing people from having access to that, that, you know, this something that could help them. Um, same thing, you know, with cannabis, 
but by going the the hemp CBD route, where you know I'm not you know I'm not I'm not held to the seed to sale, but my CBD oil gets uh, third party lab tested by the same labs as the dispensaries use. Mm-hmm. Um, my oil is tested once I get it. Once I uh, formulate the product, I send it out again to a third party lab. And then they retest it to make sure um, the CBD levels are at least what I say my minimum is. Yeah. There's no THC because this is really important to my athletes. Yeah. Um, and then also that there's no contamination. So, so I would say don't dismiss all hemp CBD products out there as a scam because gotcha. it didn't come from a cannabis dispensary. Mm-hmm. But you do have to be careful because um, I agree with you. Everyone and their brother is in the game. Yeah. And, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, if you see like 10,000 milligrams of CBD, you know, for, for $19.99, I'd be very careful. Gotcha. Let's shift gears for just a second, because I want to talk to you a little bit about, before we tell everybody about where we can find your product. I went to that um, that rally that you were the keynote speaker at recently over at Lake Elizabeth, and it was a pretty nice sized group there. And your speech blew me away. Really. I sat there in just awe. And I want you, I would like it if you could tell, you know, all of our friends here at the grind, how you got involved, what's going on and what are you seeing and what your what do you feel like your role is in bringing it one attention to this problem, Asian hate, hate everywhere. And, uh, you know, what we can do as a community because we all live together. That's a really good question. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that the time we live in, you know, I hear people say like, oh, it's, you know, things have gotten really bad. Mm. Um, people are really unkind to each other. And I don't, I, I feel like, you know, things like hate, intolerance, um, resentment, anger, you know, this, this has been here, you know, one thing was, so when I was sitting down to write that speech for, uh, for that rally, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be honest, I wrote, um, I think, I think the speech ended up being about two pages. I wrote something like 16 pages. So there was version after version after version and different, it wasn't like a whole speech and I wrote another one. It was like, I was, you know, as I wrote a section, you know, it kind of led me to different things. And then I had to research, you know, well, where did this, you know, where did this hate come from against Asians? Well, let me look at what's the history of Asians in America. As I did my research, and it kept bringing me back, back, back. This country was literally founded by Europeans who were told by the Catholic Church that once they had realized there were all these riches in all these faraway lands, they said, you know what? We decree that you guys have a right to any land because we're the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. And the, the, they said, well, what happens if there are already people on that land? And then the decision was that, well, if these people, these natives, the, the indigenous people don't know Jesus and aren't saved by Jesus, then we have to civilize them. Mm-hmm. White people. <laughs> or And we also have the right to uh, genocide them. Or enslave mm-hmm. them, but basically, because you know, we, it's like we we need to show them the way, or do and, and also excuse whatever we may need to do for us to capitalize on our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, this country was founded on white supremacy, just because it came from Europe, built on genocide, Agreed. built on stealing land, Agreed. built on slavery, Agreed. and when they weren't allowed to do that. Uh, hey, immigrants who are poor, struggling in other countries, come to our country, the land of the free, where you can make your dreams come true. And those immigrants were also then taken advantage and exploited for their human labor. Mm-hmm. And so this America has had an entire history of exploiting the working class. I don't care what color you are. Right. Where you're from. Working class. If you aren't a billionaire sitting on a billion dollar industry that was passed down to you from your you know, generations of other billionaires and, you know, the, who created all the major industries, mm-hmm. you are working class. Mm-hmm. Preach. Yeah. yeah you're, if your last name is not Rockefeller, you are working class. Yeah. And the thing is, is that 
this country has had a history of taking advantage of the working class, mm-hmm. getting what they need out of them to build a great economy, but being so stingy when it asks for some, what, about taking care of those workers. Mm-hmm. You know, the goalposts keep moving. And I think what people have to realize is life is hard in America. Yes, there are examples of people who have achieved the American dream. And I know, like, you know, especially for generational Americans who have been here for, you know, generations, you know, after World War II, you know, after uh, FDR, actually, with, um, with, with his infrastructure and his plans to, to actually take care of Americans, a lot of Americans were able to afford the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. They were able to buy, using the GI Bill, buy houses, go to college, make a living wage, right? Yeah. You could be, you could be anything, right? You could be, like you said, you have family who worked for PG and E. You could support a family and your children, right? You could Absolutely. Pay for a mortgage, put food on the table. Why is it today that our teachers need to work two side hustles after they teach just to survive? You know, I, I read about uh, That's a great a, question. Yeah. A college professor in the Bay area. She lives out of her car. She's homeless. Mm-hmm. So how is that it, that in the who we what we call or what we believe ourselves to be the greatest country in the world? How can our people, when they work hard and contribute and do exactly what our country has asked of us, how can we not even be able to take care of our families when that's all anybody all any, it doesn't matter where you work, what color you are, where your family background is. All we want is to be able to live comfortably and keep our kids safe. That's a great question. And I, and I want to put that to all the politicians that listen to our show right now. She's got a valid question. Most of us working class want to know the answer. So uh, give us a call, give us a, send us an email. But we are asking that question. Julia, that's, I'm asking that question with you, man. I'm asking it with you. And so now let's go back to like, how'd you get involved? Because obviously you see what's going on and what, what prompted you to want to get involved? Well, aren't we all involved? Well, we all live here, but we're all not involved. I I would look at it this way, right? It's, we all see it, right? Whether, you know, it doesn't matter what side of the political fence you fall on, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you blame for these problems, whether, you know, you want to blame immigrants or you blame the corruption of the system that has been in place since the founding. Right. It doesn't change the fact that this is what is happening. And like you said, if we don't fix it when it is this bad now, what is going to happen to our kids? Mm-hmm. What yeah. are we what are we giving to them? We're giving them less and less and less throughout the generations. I mean, I, I personally, I talk about like, you know, when I was in in, in grade school and in uh, my pencils and my paper were provided for me. And as time progressed, uh, you know, you you had to bring a hundred pencils for the year. You had to bring all these different things. Like, when did we stop helping? the working class and and the students, at what point did that change and become harder to be a parent and harder to be a student? Predatory capitalism. So nobody (laughs) wants this country to be a communist country. Nobody, not immigrants who came (laughs) from those regimes to Americans. Do you know how many times on social media, sorry to interrupt, you know how many times I'm called a commie, how many times I'm called a communist? And I ask these guys, Define communist. They can't even define it. It's just a word that it's a buzzword that's put in some of these guys' head and they just use it. Look to China. Look to North Korea. Look at what's going on there. That is a communist country. People do not fight to come to America to come to a communist country. That is just not truth. Agreed. 100 percent. There's there's an analogy. So I'll kind of explain what America (laughs) looks like. So. There's this analogy for predatory commun- or sorry, uh, capitalism, predatory capitalism. So if you have a, a class of 20 kids and there's 20 cookies for this, that class, one kid takes 19 cookies, 
and gives that one last cookie to the other 19 kids and then convinces those 19 kids they got to fight each other for the cookie. And then those kids start fighting for that one cookie amongst themselves, 19 kids for one cookie. Mm-hmm. When, because that, that kid with the 19 cookies is just egging them on, deflecting. And then at some point, like everyone gets so whipped up and they're just like tearing at each other for that one that piece of that one cookie. Everyone forgets about that kid who's got the 19 cookies just sitting there with his feet up on the table munching away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to, you got to stay focused. We can all agree it's not right. You know, whether you're, you're in coal country and you want, you know, you don't want to lose your coal job or you're in auto manufacturing, you don't want to lose that job or whether you're in tech, you're a programmer. All of us, we're on the same side in that stance where it's like, look, if there's somebody out here taking 19 cookies out of 20 and we're fighting for everything else and maybe like I get a quarter of the cookie when you get a crumb. So you're pissed at me for that quarter of a cookie. We gotta, we gotta kick that night, that, that, that guy with all the cookies ass because like what he's doing is not right. Right. Exactly. You know, and I think that's the, corp- that's the corporate heads right there. When you just the kid with the with the 19 cookies is all the heads of the corporations with billions in, um, you know, in in bonuses and salaries, you know, while their staff is making minimum wage or, you know, a fifty thousand dollar a year salary with a, you know, a cost of living that's, you know, above that. Exactly. So exactly. That, so that kid with the 19 is your CEO. Hello. It's your CEO. It's um, so when you're when you're um, in a very rich industry or you're a very rich corporation, you can pay people whose sole job is to earn a lot of money to go to Washington, D.C. Tell politicians. Those are lobbyists. Lobbyists. Exactly. How much money they how much support they would lose not taking care of that industry and how much they could gain. And it's like, you know, this, this honey in the stick game. And then, so it's like, I think the problem is the system, right? You can have politicians who are in it just for themselves. They're just trying to collect money. Like the Ted Cruz's. Oh man. You just took the name right out of my mouth. Yeah. I was going to say Ted Josh. Cruz. Yeah. Cha- Josh Hawley is a, is a fame fucker. Yeah. You know, he's there for the fame. <laughs> yeah. Um, the infamy. You know, but there are people like that who know the game and they're like, I'm going to profit off of it. I know how to take advantage of this. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. Yep. And then there are people who might go in and and really think I want to represent my people, but they get stuck in that Hollywood machine and they try to play by the rules. You know, they, you know, the rules that are are set, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a level playing field. Right. They get sucked up to the point either they, they, they bend morally or they're completely ineffective. And what happens is, you know, like the government or politicians get further and further removed from their core responsibility, which is to represent the people. Mm-hmm. From their constituents, yes. From exactly. the people who put them in office, yes. And the system starts being this thing. It's like, uh, <laughs> excuse my French, but it's like, it's sucking its own dick. Mm. It's just feeding on itself and getting bigger and fatter and feeding on itself. And then it gets to the point where like, I'll give you an example. My mom, when I was growing up, said, told me never get into politics. They're all liars, right? We all think this, we've heard this. Politicians are liars and cheats. They're only out for themselves. But if you take a step back, that's like saying, you know, like, uh, you know, that, that bank manager, he keeps robbing the bank. <laughs> Just every day he keep, comes into work and robs the bank. Right. Then it's like, how long would, would a bank tolerate that? You know, like not once. And so it's like, where do we get, when do we get to the play, the point where we've decided like, that's the game. Politics is just, you know, about uh, this game of politics. So it's like, if you're a politician, you're playing this game the way a basketball player is playing is, you know, an NBA player is playing basketball, uh-huh. you know, and we're accepting it when the way it should be is that if you're elect, the people elect these officials to fight for their causes. And the theory is that then by, 
you know, the, the popular vote and the way our democracies is, is set up, then whatever the most pressing need is by the most number of people, those needs are met. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that's not true because politics right now is, is this thing that doesn't represent the people. It's a reality show. Yeah. And I want people to know we all feel that, you know, whether, like I said, don't look at my, my skin color. Don't look at where my family may be from. Don't mm-hmm. look at, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the tech industry or, or I'm, you know, I'm middle-class or I, I drive, you know, what car. So we're not, I'm not like you because when we look at the system that we're all stuck in, you know, that it's, it affects us all. And it is not Our, working for the majority. No one, except people who are taking advantage of everyone else that is building this economy and building their wealth. Mm-hmm. They are not taking care of us, no. yet telling us this, if we work hard enough, mm-hmm. we'll get some of that. We'll, we'll get to a place where we can live. It's, 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 it's a, a care. It's the us. mind fuck. Yeah. Look at it this way. You work your whole life. You can make, it doesn't matter what you save, right? You, whether you save a couple hundred dollars, a thousand dollars by the time you get old, millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, the problem with this country insurance is tied to your work. Yeah. So as soon as you can't work and now you're old, so you're more likely to get sick and have issues. Your body breaks down. Yep. Now you got issue. You got medical bills. You don't have insurance mm-hmm. or the insurance doesn't cover. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you've got a hundred dollars in your bank or 10 million in your bank that the casino always wins Yeah. by the end of your life. Or you know what? Even you buy a house, right? Whatever income you're on, that property tax is fixed. That's tax. That's fixed. You pay off your mortgage. You're going to pay taxes on that property for the the rest of however long you own that property. Mm -hmm. You don't, there's no, the illusion is that this country is like, you know, oh, you fight. It's a race, right? You, 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 you run a good race. You do everything you're supposed to do. And then when you collected all the rewards, you get to sit back, enjoy the sunset, when the reality is this country abuses its workers, exploits them, lets them chase a dream, and whatever chips you collect from the casino at the end of your life, when you're sick, you give them all back. The house wins. I don't think Americans deserve that. I agree with you. I don't think anybody deserves that. And especially Americans. I am with you. Awesome. Listen, Julia. I'm gonna, we're going to wrap this up. I want you to tell all of our friends here at The Grind where they can find your product, What the, give us everything we can on your product. I want people to check your website out. I want them to get your product. It is amazing. And um, yeah, just tell us where they can get you. I would say, you know, if anybody, you know, it's if you have stuff that hurts, you know, whether knee problems, you know, stiff shoulders, I don't know if it fixes, it helps everyone with everything, but you know, if, if you have physical pain that prevents you from living the life that an active life that you want, give it a try. You know, my website is body soul botanica, um, or even easier, just Google miracle sports cream. It'll lead you there. You know, it's like a little journey to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, but I, I kind of, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot to market it, you know, really <laughs> starting this company was really an excuse to spend more time with my son, Beautiful. but I kind of, I kind of think of it as like, you know, if you need it and you find it, then maybe you were meant to find it. And I hope it can help you. That is awesome. Do me a favor, commit to coming back and talking to us about, you know, politics or business or whatever at some point. Yeah, you got it. You know, I love the way you tell the truth and, you know, it's, you are such a kind person for uh, wanting to help people. And I hope people can hear that and hear that, you know, you're, you're just here to tell them the truth. You know, don't, don't, you don't want people being lied to because it's not fair to them. Absolutely. Thanks so much. It's been such a pleasure sitting here talking with you tonight, Julie. I, I so appreciate it. Right, take care, Christine. Thank you so much. That was an honor to have Julia Shi, founder and CEO of Body and Soul Botanical, sit down with us here at The Grind. She's a fucking badass, 
And uh, we're going to bring her back every chance we get, every chance that works for her. So thanks again for coming on, uh, Julia, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, damn it. We got an asshole for you. Crazy King Lady number two, Marjorie Taylor Greene. But Marjorie Taylor Greene tweets, Labor crisis. When you pay people to stay home with stimulus checks for over a year, they don't need to work. That's what she tweets. Bitch, a total of 2800 in stimulus between Trump and Biden went out over the past year. How far do you think 2800 goes in 12 months? This is how fucking dumb you take the American people for. You think the American people are surviving on 2800 or just posted up living the good life on 2800 in stimulus money? No, bitch. Fuck you. People are playing catch up, not catch up, catch up. They're thousands of dollars behind in their rent, their bills, their car payments. What the fuck do you know about that lifestyle? You were born into millions and you're still crazy. Get the fuck out of here. And for this reason, and so many more, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you trust fund baby you, you are the East West Grind's asshole of the week. And don't fucking cry about it, you baby. I educate on politics and I keep politicians honest. Put that on my tombstone, Dinos. guys I'm out I gotta ice up my ankle and get some snickety snacks going thanks for listening guys I'll see you next week and as always as always I got your backs peace Oh.